before we start, I just want to say you can also catch this episode and every other episode of Getting Into TV over on Spotify and Apple Music. You just need to search Getting Into TV on whichever provider you want and you can find it either on here on YouTube, Apple Music or Spotify and they'll be released on the same platform at the exact same time going forward. Also, if you are in the industry and you fancy being part of this series, please do get in touch and I would love to talk to you because I want to cover as many um, diverse roles as possible. I want to include as many different kind of people as possible and see what what the industry is like for them and just basically make it as inclusive as possible. So yeah, if you want to be included, if you want to talk to me about whatever role you do, please do get in touch. Anyway, let's begin. Hi guys, and welcome to another video in my series of Getting Into TV. This week, I'm joined by Joe Marshall, who is an editor um, in TV on things like Casualty and also Hollyoaks. Um, hi Joe. I know the bare minimum of post-production, so I'm hoping you can kind of tell me everything that there is. Um, so yeah. <laughs> everything, oh. We're gonna be here for a while. Where I'd like to start is, what was your journey like, um, really, of becoming an editor? Did you go to uni? Um, how did you know you wanted to become an editor? What, what made you want to do it? It's, a, it's quite a big book, but it's actually a very short story in many ways, um, and it's very fast. Um, so uh, what happened was I, in 2014, I was working in a petrol garage uh, in my hometown, and uh, I thought, oh, this is it. I'll just earn money and make short films on the side or anything, and I'll see where I get to. And then an apprenticeship uh, came up for the BBC in Wales, and um, it didn't say what show, but it did say it was post-production. And uh, I'd done media studies in sixth form and I was very, you know, I was very interested in that sort of world anyway, but I didn't know even the basics probably of post-production. I just knew bits and bobs. Um, so I applied for the, the apprenticeship, not thinking much about it. And I got to go to Cardiff for a day and I got to go and do this big sort of group interview with loads of people going for this job and other jobs in different departments and with different companies. And it was great fun and I met, um, Louise Prendergast, who's the post-production supervisor on Casualty. Um, and the first thing I asked her was, what's the show? And she went, Casualty. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, Casualty. And like, you know, because it's so ingrained into our like British pop culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, Charlie Fairhead, ambulances, wow. That was exactly you know? my reaction when I got the call to be a bass runner um, on the, as soon as they came back after Christmas. And it, I hadn't watched Casualty for like, 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 not properly since my mom had watched it. Like, I'd caught the odd episode, but it was just that thing of, oh my God, I'm gonna work on Holby. I, I totally get that. It's weird, isn't it? And you're just like, kind of like, sort of yeah. fangirling, but even though you yeah. haven't watched the show, you're like, ah. But you know, we had a great chat and it was just basically like a chat and kind of thinking like, what do we think post-production is about? It was really interesting. And um, two weeks later, I was sitting in my bedroom. Uh, I think I was watching television or playing a video game. My day off from that, awful petrol carriage <laughs> and uh, uh the people were great by the way but uh, yeah i didn't enjoy the job but anyway i got a phone call saying um you've got the job you've got the apprenticeship and it was a year's apprenticeship in cardiff uh, as a post-production runner on casualty and i said yes absolutely when do i when do i need to move down and remember i was still living with my parents and they said two weeks <laughs> I had to I had to quit my job I had to move down to Cardiff um I love Cardiff by the way I still live here um just on the outskirts and uh, I was very very excited and uh the head of the apprenticeship Sue Jeffries um, it was called Covelay back then I think it's called Skill Cymru now 
Um, and uh, she was just absolutely amazing and everyone that taught us and just gave us the confidence uh, going into these workplaces because you don't just get thrown into them you actually um you actually uh, there's like a two or three week preparation basically and then yeah my first day was uh you know making teas and coffees for the post-production lot just learning just sitting there keeping my head down just taking everything in and uh so that's how i started and then over that year I got to do more and more things. And that's the wonderful thing about Casualty as a whole, really, and that post-production department, is that they let me do, just, they let me do the rushes, for example, and just in the rushes, they let me cut web trailers, like the next times and the previouslys. And that's where I kind of honed my editing skills for that show. And then um, when the apprenticeship was finished, I was a edit assistant, uh, like a freelance edit assistant for BBC Wales for about three months, I'd say. And then um, I got a call from Casualty saying, would you be interested in doing some sort of social media role for the show? Mm. And I went, yes, absolutely. And because I was always interested in how they market the show. And I always thought there was more room to even uh, like expand the marketing and uh, do something completely different, take risks and all that. Mm. And I got the job. I was social coordinator on the show for about two and a half years. And during that time, um, I was editing behind the scenes segments. I was filming the behind the scenes segments. I was editing all the, the seasonal trailers, the next times, uh, and running basically the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram eventually. And I can uh, that's pretty fun, like, like doing all of that. It was fun, but at the end of the day, it was it was hard because um, social media works different, very different ways in the BBC. It can either be internally, uh, which mine was, or it can be a department, as you know, um, uh, in uh, BBC Wales, which was Landaff back then, for Landaff. <laughs> I've yeah, <laughs> missed that building. I miss it so much. We were talking about this the other day. I, I miss being it because I come up, sometimes come out of Central Square. I miss having parking that is easy to get to and there's always parking. Like I, I know we've just gone off, but I, I miss the parking so much. It, it was like Disneyland, wasn't it? It was that sort of yeah. parking. It was, just, yeah. it was just miles and miles of parking. Yeah. It was great. Um, I got the train in personally, but yeah, I saw the car parking. <laughs> it was uh, So yeah, so I was social coordinator for the show and it was a lot of fun. We did some funny stuff I think um, I got that was the other thing I got to build a relationship with the actors so I actually know quite a few of the actors and the one I worked with the most was um, Jason Durr who plays David and uh, I think the stupidest thing I ever got him to do for a bit of Christmas content was dress up as an elf and do elf on the shelf sort of pranks <laughs> on the cast and everything. It was the most, it was the most ridiculous thing. I mean, this is a very high established actor. He's done yeah. Shakespeare probably, he's done all this stuff. And I was like, can you put this on? <laughs> it was ridiculous. But the one thing I loved doing was the editing part. I loved, you know, filming it and everything. But once I got to the editing, you could really do a lot. And then what happened, how I got into being an editor um, is uh, an editor went off ill for like a day or two days, uh, which happens. But they really needed this, you know, this scene assembled. So they needed to, you know, see the scene before they went to pick it up or, you know, connect the dots basically. And I just went, I'll do it. And they were like, oh, you know, you've never edited a scene from Casualty. I was like, it's fair. I was like, but it's only assemble, you know, assembles like yeah. the first step and then there's a fine cut and, you know, you fine tune it and that. So I was like, it's fine. And um, I edited 
I edited a couple of scenes, but what they didn't tell me was it was a stunt scene. <laughs> and I'd never, I'd never ever edited a stunt scene. And I, I remember sitting at that chair like, oh no, like this is bad. Because <laughs> you obviously, you obviously want to prove that you can do it and then I've got yeah. a stunt scene. But um, what was great is um, I did it and uh, the director was very happy that he asked me to come and um, finish the episode alongside the other editor, kind of shadowing basically. And uh, it, it was really good and people were impressed. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, they said, would you like to edit an episode of Casualty? And I was like, yes, uh, you know, that's yeah. the thing. That's what I was always taught by Louise Prendergast again is never say no. Yeah, and here I am right now, uh, nice. still still going and uh, looking forward to the future. No, definitely. I am. Um... You mentioned, one thing I just want to pick up on is you mentioned how you just had that gut feeling about going freelance. What was that like? It's scary. <laughs> I won't <laughs> lie. But you can't, you can't just shut it down because, you know, uh, you know, cause obviously the first thing you think about is, you know, you need money. You need to, mm -hmm. you need somewhere to live and, you know, pay for your car and pay, I have to pay for my cat. You know, that's, <laughs> I have to pay that's my cat. That's the most important thing is your cat. <laughs> Literally my fiance, if I don't look after my cat, my fiance wouldn't be happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, the, the feeling was, I mean, it was gut feeling, but obviously what was great and what's great about Casualty is, is just the people around you. There's there's so many people around you, even when you don't realise, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Tom. But I spoke to Lou, Louise Prendergast on Casualty, and I said, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna leave. I think I'm gonna go freelance. I'm gonna give it a shot. And she, instead of, you know, that normal sort of stereotypical boss thing, no, don't leave her, you know, you're doing well. She went, do it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, really? Um, so I did it. I just, I, did, I made sure, obviously, I was, I had something set up. Um, I had holly oaks in the bag um, and also had more casualties coming, basically. And uh, I took the jump. So that feeling is scary, but there's just times you have to do it. And if it, if it does, you know, fail, if you literally take the jump and it doesn't go well don't worry we'll come just keep yeah. looking and uh that's 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 sort of the advice i can give but it was a it was a weird feeling but just go with your gut as well just and talk to the people around you completely agree i mean i've, I've been freelancing for, t for two years but in that time i've pretty much done crime watch that's been my thing but as soon as we came back after christmas i <laughs> sat my producer down and was like i'm not coming back in the summer um, and I was just like, I was like, inside I was like, oh God, and luckily something else has come up for the rest of the year, but it was just that thing is like, I need to kind of, I could happily progress in this role and do become an AP and pigeonhole hold myself into a, into crime. But yeah. it's just that thing of go elsewhere and, and try new things. And I think that's, that's the beauty of being a freelancer. You, you, you can do what you want. It's exciting, isn't it? It's that, that's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the thing that keeps you going. That's the wonderful thing about this industry. It's just like, you're not just, when you're freelance, you're not going to be working on the same show and doing the same thing every single day. You get to kind of just spread your wings and just go into very different things and meet new people. And yeah. that is what a lot of the job is about, isn't it? Is meeting new people yeah. and making those connections to jump on something they'll work on in the future or get to know someone they know and everything. It's, it's very much about community in this industry. You mentioned, obviously, you, you got into it via, uh, an, was it an apprenticeship? 
yeah you yeah you got an apprenticeship and you became a post-production runner what 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 what's the job progression like um for post-production what how what do you start out doing where can you end up um yeah what's it like it's probably a better question for you because you were a post-production runner i was an apprentice who was acting like a post-production runner (laughs) but um but it's uh but when i went in it was kind of just understanding the processes and um, how TV works, basically. Because at the end of the day, where does it go? It goes on television. Mm-hmm. And post-production is the main bit that gets it to television. You're the last driving force to do it. But I just, I think the most important thing is just to don't be afraid to ask questions and say, why are you doing that? Like, why, why do we do this process to get to that? Um, the one thing I did take advantage of is I tried to speak to editors as much as possible. Back then, before COVID, you used to have about three or four editors on the same corridor in their own rooms. And I just try, I try to take advantage. You know, if I go, if I go in, I say, oh, I've got these notes for you for this scene that you're going to be editing tomorrow. I go, oh, I just wanted to ask you a question. <laughs> and just like, so, well, you know, I saw that thing earlier and they get up on the timeline, you're looking at the timeline. I mean, you know, and I tell you what, the, the editors on that, on Casualty especially, are just, amazing they're just so inviting and 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 they just they want to teach you um and uh i've got to give a huge shout out to all of them because they're just incredible but it was literally just keep it is keeping your head down and just making sure you're understanding uh like why they do processes and also what you want to know i think that's Mm -hmm. really important because you could easily do a post-production apprenticeship let's say or be a post-production runner and you don't find it interesting. So make sure you go the other ways to find out why they, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think, um, like dub, you know, dubbing yeah. is is so important. Um, dubbing, if you want to know more about dubbing, learn more about sound and everything, you can ask questions there because it's such a- uh, I think sound is learned. one of them things that is such a vital part of anything. And if you get it wrong, you've just destroyed the whole project. Like sound yeah. is, I, 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 I think it's the most important part. I've got to be honest. Yes, I think, I think, I think sound in the editing process, even the assembly, is so, so important. Again, mm-hmm. that's another thing I didn't realise is how. I remember when I did that stunt scene, I put it, the scene together as it was, and I was like, this is, this doesn't sound exciting at all. And uh, obviously, as an editor, you put in all the atmospheres and the sound effects and everything. And I'm not going to lie to you, I am ridiculous with my uh, sound on even the assemblies. I layer it like nothing. I put like, I'm like, all oh, the birds need to be tweeting here. And oh, we need to hear this ambulance here. I I can't tell you. If, if I could show you, I can't. But if I could show you a scene from Casualty, that let's say you really love and showed it, to you just with what they've recorded on set compared to uh, the sound, the dub mix that we do, um, it is such a vast improvement. It's so, so key to everything. I was going to ask you, what what would your advice be for new entrants? But I feel like I feel like we've kind of touched upon it in, in earlier questions. Um, but I'm going to ask it you anyway. What advice would you have for people um, getting into post-production or even just TV in general? Um, I mean, for post-production, would you say it's vital to have had prior experience um, on editing software or or can you come into it totally brand new? I think you can come into it totally brand new. I really do because, um, you know, how editing systems work these days, they're very, 
very now, basically. They're very easy to kind of jump on and just kind of know the basics. Um, I think you can learn that pretty quickly. And even apprentices after me uh, who had no experience with editing uh, kind of jumped into it pretty quickly. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, but if you do have that background, great. You kind of you kind of know bits and bobs, but it depends what editing system you've used before. Um, in terms of sort of advice about getting into the industry, whatever department you work in, um, I know it can be so scary when there's a big logo saying BBC on the building or Bad Wolf or ITV or anything um, that you go work on. But just remember, it's, you know, <laughs> how I explain it is a lot of people, a lot of my family who've never worked in this industry, think there is a cocktail bar in every single corner of every single oh, room. I honestly wish that was the, the case. <laughs> I wish that was the case. If, on, if I'm honest, I think TV buildings are the most grey, mundane buildings you can possibly get. <laughs> I know, I know. The, the films and TV shows we watch that involve that industry, this industry are just like, it's not true. Um, I don't know about America, it might be, it might be different over there, but, um, but I, it can be so scary going into industry like this and I know you will feel like you need to be right on it and you need to know everything as soon as you uh, get told to you know if i taught someone how to export a uh, a video i've just done i don't expect anybody to go yep yeah, know it straight away you have to do it a few times um and don't be scared to ask questions if you're not sure even if you've done it 10 times a certain thing and you're still not quite 100 percent sure how to do it ask the question i think the point is is you don't be scared to ask questions and, and, and to be inquisitive about, about what you're doing. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> because everyone, everyone's been in our shoes. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. The thing I was going to say, oh, good luck to you editors, mate. Sorry. <laughs> if you pay me, I'll do it, mate. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, you know, the industry as much as it is about, you know, making TV and making pretend stuff. Uh, not all the time, obviously, because you work on Crime Watch and everything. That's very real. But when you make a dramas, it's all pretend. My job is pretending um, uh, and making a story out of it. And that's it's so cool that you get to stitch together a story. It's like putting the pages of someone's book together and making the front cover all glossy and nice and a nice picture on it. But apart from that, the industry is very it's it's not just about creativity it's also about learning and that's one of the biggest benefits i find from it because obviously technology is evolving constantly so in my job i have to catch up i have to make sure i'm up to date with how you edit and what tools you can use and it's about learning everyone is learning on this job and i think that's so so important to keep in mind um as much as it is your job, you are you are being educated, basically, how to do certain things and keep up to date. You mentioned that you're constantly learning, you've got to be up to date with your editing. What kind of programs are out there that you think that people that are trying to get into TV editing or film editing should, should know about? You know, doing the basics, any editing program is fine. I think Adobe Premiere, sort of the, sort of the Adobe softwares are great. Um, I think they're really, really well done. They're very advanced, I'll give you that. But what people have to remember is that as an editor, I don't do all the graphics, I don't do all the titles, I don't do all that. Um, the, the programs most industry uh, uh, TV and film use is Avid Media Composer. And you are able to get a uh, license for that. You're able to sign up to a monthly 
thing. I think there's uh, one called uh, Avid One or Avid First Composer, and it's completely free, but it's just the basics. So if you really want to know a bit more about Avid and everything, just just even the interface, I think that's a great that's a great system to start off with. Um, but yeah, as you as you progress along and read up more about it, it's, um, it gets more advanced and advanced. It's the main the main one to use, basically. I think if I was to be put in front of an Avid machine and mm. I had my notebook, I think I'd be able to do it. But it's it's so scary. So I mean, if even if just looking at it like once a week, um, yeah, like, your head around it and just just have a look. It will, it will definitely help you in the long run because I, I, I was petrified when I when I first saw it. That's what I mean. It's just all about learning. I still I still I still open Avid sometimes. They're like, oh, you can do this now. I'm like, what? I'm like, show me, please. And uh, I get shown how to do certain things now. And uh, it's really advancing. And it depends what version you use and everything. Um, uh, uh, that's really important. But you do. It's weird. Like editing. People think again. You just kind of put the scenes together and you read the script and they go, okay, they, they say that. Okay, he moves over there. Okay, that scene ends there. It's not that at all. You really have to look through your takes. You have to look through how they say stuff, um, you know, pronunciation, and if they're getting that emotion across and you have director's notes, obviously, but you want to basically show your director the best version of the scene. The way I always think about editing um, when I'm assembling, just at the assembling stage, I always think about someone running into my room and saying, we have to put this scene on Lorraine in about half an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and that's how I think about it. So I, I always try and give the best version of the scene. And yeah, we'll tinker it and everything in the fine cut, but um, that's the way to approach it. And yeah, that's, that's the editing basically. Have you ever had to rush to put something on Lorraine? <laughs> uh, no comment. No. Um, uh, when I was, uh, I was actually, I was actually an editor. I forgot to mention. Sorry, I was an editor assistant in Casualty uh, for about six months. Um, I was an ed a temp ed edit assistant there, and you have all these like daytime shows and everything, asking for clips and trailers and everything. But I've never, I haven't had Lorraine Kelly run into my room going, "Where is it?" <laughs> But just I, I would love that if Lorraine Kelly just <laughs> ran into the edit room in Roselock. I would be howling. The funniest thing that happens, I always get a little giggle out of, is because obviously post-production is this one building unit, so everything's done there, especially the ADR, so when actors need to do ADR. Um, my favourite thing is, because I know a few of them, they see my name on a door, and I hear a knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, hi, um, which I mentioned, George Rainsford, Ethan. Oh, hi, oh, hi, George. And he's on my screen as well because I'm editing a scene with him like that. And it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of freaky. It's really, really freaky. And he's like, "Oh, where's the ADR?" I'm like, "Oh, it's over there." And I'm like, and then you have that realization. I think you must have had this. I probably only get it once a year. You go, "I work on TV. This yeah. is crazy." <laughs> yeah, that happened to me when I was in Roflock and I was working on Crime Watch. And I just had this really like hard phone call to make. And I just walking out of the office, walking down the corridor to the canteen, and all of a sudden, I'm, th I'm there with my box of chips, and out out of the studio, I think it was Studio Three, a Sontaran just walks out of the room <laughs> and just says hi to me, and I was just a bit like, oh yeah, I, I like <laughs> this is where I work. That, that's 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 my normal life. It, it was weird. I think I think one of the weirdest experiences, and there's been loads. I've I've seen Peter Capaldi in his yeah. Doctor Who costume walking about he said good morning to me and I was kind of like it wasn't because he was Doctor Who 
it was actually because he's Malcolm Tucker to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I you just wanted him to swear at you. You, you just <laughs> wanted him to think, yeah. <laughs> say something. <laughs> I was a huge, I was a huge fan when I was younger, obviously. Uh, the first episode I ever watched was The Runaway Bride. Loved it, I thought it was the craziest thing I ever saw and continued watching Doctor Who since then. And um, what actually got me like, loving post-production, making me do media studies at sixth form and even year 11, I believe, um, was this this book that I've specially brought down for you from upstairs. Um, and it was this this book. I loved that book. Jack's reading it in bed. Like, we'll be in bed and I'll just be there, just like wanting to go to sleep and Jack's rereading this book at the minute. I, I'm, I'm not very good at completing books because, uh, as Doctor Who says, I don't like it when stories end. But um, this, you, I couldn't, I just, it's amazing, isn't it? Just it is. seeing the behind the scenes details, what was and what changed and just how these, uh, these people get along and just how they made this incredible show and thank you so much for talking to me is there anything else that you want to mention um about editing or anything about tv and before we wrap up that i haven't asked you just uh if, you, if there's any inkling of you that just i think i think the thing is is i thought it was an impossibility to get into tv or film um and especially when i was working at that petrol garage and and the funny thing is it isn't there are so, so many ways you can get into TV. And obviously you're not gonna be an editor or producer or writer straight away. You do have to climb a certain ladder and walk up a few steps and fight a few wars and everything. But um, I think the important thing, and I, this is what I love about your series as well, is it's spreading the word basically that it's not impossible. It's, it's, it is reachable, you can get your your toe in the door if you like. Yeah, there's so many there's... apprenticeships and schemes and, and people that are willing to talk to you that it, it, it is absolutely terrifying, but it, it is possible, like you say. Absolutely. And it's just, there is there is loads of things there. The Screen Alliance Wales, for us in mm. Wales, obviously. There's apprenticeships, as I said. There's obviously uni courses. Um, I decided not to go uni personally because mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want to. I But that was at the time when I didn't know if I wanted to do post-production and that. Um, I originally wanted to be an actor, uh, but then I saw the cost of like drama schools if I ever got into them uh, out of the 1% like get in. Um, yeah. I was like, nope, I'll go for something a bit more realistic. But um, I just think the important thing to know is you can do it, you can get into TV and there's so many ways into it. And I'm sure Tom will, uh, you know, talks about that with the last people you've interviewed and I'm sure you'll have a few helpful links below, maybe. I will. Yeah, yeah. I'll put some nice links below. That'd be <laughs> cool. Do. That'd be cool, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, going back, I always wanted to be a Blue Peter presenter. That is, I mean, I think it's still my dream. You'd be great. You'd be fantastic. Um, You'd be so good. One day, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> oh, we'll see. I can't wait. I want a badge, though. I want a badge. I've got, I've got get three. Yeah, I've got three. You've got three? Thank you, Joe, for being part of this video. It's been such a great insight into the post-production world. I really hope it's helped people that are watching this. Um, if you've got any questions for either of us, please comment them down below or DM us or I, I don't know, just follow on Twitter and send a, send a tweet. I don't, I don't care. Um, I, don't mind. I don't know if Joe, I'm just willingly opening your Twitter up to people. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm 27. I'm getting old. I forget what my uh, at is, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh... My Twitter is at Joe Jake Marshall. Well, if you've got any questions, 
go go over there about post-production because i tell you why i'm not the guy to be answering those questions <laughs> yeah if you have any questions any queries or any anything that you want me to do please comment them down below and i will get them done um but other than that thank you so much leave a comment like and subscribe and i'll see you soon whenever bye <laughs>